all the stanzas. Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for the salvation of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, for the ministry of the apostles and prophets, which continues today in your holy church, in the faithful preaching of the gospel, the administration of the holy sacraments. 
that word by which the Holy Spirit calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. We give thanks to you for our brothers and sisters in the faith scattered throughout the world, for the good confession of faith in the face of many witnesses, for those who have suffered much rather than deny you, and by so doing were enabled by your word and spirit to suffer even death in testimony to the truth. We give thanks to you for these five brothers who have completed their graduate studies. We ask your protection and blessing upon them as they return to Nigeria and begin their time of service in the name of your son. Grant to Archbishop Ekong and Father Wokama steadfastness, faithfulness, and joy in their service for the Lutheran Church of Nigeria and protect our sister seminary in every way from all assaults of devil, world, and flesh and give to each of us the joy of your salvation that we may ever sing the new song of the gospel of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I said last night at the end of the divine service in brief greetings that um, it, it just uh, occurred to me and flooded over me throughout the service, and particularly the hymns that we sang yesterday and today, uh, and those things were chosen long before I knew that we would be able to gather together here and that you'd be able to come to Wisconsin after your graduation. And the thought occurred to me that the exclamation point that convinced me that Father Wokoma had to return to Nigeria no matter what, and that these men who were targeted for graduate studies to serve as faculty members had to come to the United States and we had to find a way to do this. What the exclamation point on that was for me was their singing in the home of Father Wokoma at the top of their lungs the song of faith that we sing here. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song, and they did that. And as I said yesterday, I'll say again today, uh, singing often moved Martin Luther to the joy of preaching. And I can say the same thing, especially when we feel down in the dumps and on the brink of depression and despair. When the church sings, and when brothers and sisters sing for those who have not the strength to sing, uh, it is the greatest wedding possible when the word of God and song are put together. The first and the second greatest gifts, according to Luther, that God has given us. So we're going to start and want to give each of them an opportunity to talk, uh, not for 20 minutes each, but... Uh, maybe four or five minutes or so each, and, and uh, give you their greetings. And I would like them to talk about their um, uh, experience here in the United States, and particularly their program. I'm going to start out with 
uh, the bishop, who is the oldest in the group, and uh, Bishop Sylvanus Willie uh, is one month younger than I am. We were both born in 1961, he in May and I in April. So Bishop Willie had the non-thesis option in the STM degree, which is a scholarly degree, uh, Master's in Sacred Theology, and the non-thesis option means you have to read and 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 read all kinds of works and do continuous uh, written reports and oral examinations and so forth on these. So Bishop Willie, talk to us. I greet you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. 20 minutes was to be too much, and I've given only five minutes. I'm sort of thinking how I'm going to praise all this because no amount of time can consume appreciation that I really have for all of us. I as already said, I'm an old man. <laughs> um, it had really been on the church for me to come. I had admission here about five years to the time we come in. Due to logistics, I couldn't. And when the opportunity comes, uh, you have to go. I had no choice because there was church's arrangement. And I came. Uh, I've been, my name was given to me by a missionary, Bongoski. Was missionary in Nigeria far back then. He was the one that gave me the name, according to my mother in the hospital when I was born. And so I was joined the, um, the ministry far back 85. And the thing continued until the point in time that I was also um, uh, elected or nominated uh, a bishop, and then the whole issues that I have been. First station was Rivers, it was in charge of Rivers State and Bielsa State, and also look after Bonnie in the massive water area. And so I came, United States have been place that we all have been hearing and we've seen white people, missionaries, and coming, but I never knew it is a whole lot of journey that I, I least would have expected. And I'm thinking I will sit until I reach back almost a day or two. So I have come. The program has been so challenging, not for these ones, because they are young people, <laughs> but for me in particular. And I have a story today when I go back. I have seen serious miracles in America about my life. Maybe I would have been repatriated when the COVID started because I'm not that real good at computer and so that would have been the end. But God brought a miracle through you and I was able to continue this program. I thought I was gone. And so through you, I was able to even be writing in my very um, crocodile handwriting, and it became something of typing. It's something I'd never heard before or seen. That was a miracle I will have to go and tell at home. Thank you so very much. I thank you for your warm embracement right from the day we came. We were told the cloth you are, you are having means nothing there, so drop everything. We're thinking, how do we go on a journey without carrying any clothing? 
truly, all what we brought meant nothing. And you cloth us. <laughs> and we thank you so much for that. We have been receiving helps, aids, prayers, and assistance from all of us. And we are so very grateful. What you're doing, generations will have to be reading. Jesus told somebody, don't just stop here. What she does will be reported by other people. We want to operate a university in Nigeria, Lutheran Church of Nigeria University. And as of now, we don't have enough manpower. And to go and be hiring professors from other places will cause us so much that we will not be able to succeed. We must have our background uh, staff. Even if we may have money to hire them, they will hijack our intentions and make it a secular university as happened in other ones. And so the influence of the church will not be there. And so what we are doing as you make us to be how we are, to go back, is a very serious thing in the very movement of a university in Nigeria. That is a record that nothing can erase. Thank you so much. Many things for us to thank, but I wouldn't want to consume, so that this one will also have something to say. Um, let me say my experience outside of the academic. Um, if you may ask me, if you have opportunity, would you come back? What do you expect I will say? You say, yes. I will say, no. And you say, why? I say, weather. <laughs> we, I never seen snow before. I never seen as cool weather as this before. I only read in the Bible, and the scripture says, it will make your sin as white as snow. It is here that I came to see snow. And when I told my children, he said, I should bring the snow down to them to see. <laughs> so it has been a very great experience. Everything here is a real experience for me. Everything. Literally everything. The school itself has so many departments and the staff is superb. The faculty is superb. And of course, I remember that is one of the questions that the embassy asked. Why do you want to go to? They were bambooling us with questions. I said, that is the university of our church. And the faculty is superb. They could not ask anything again. The faculty of Fort Wayne is superb. They have really moved us. Almost 90% of those things that I knew as a bishop was not real to the core. I've really seen a U-turn in many things. And I thank God I'm taking back that to the people, as far as Lutheranism is concerned. Thank you so very much. Before my time is up, God bless all of us. <laughs> Uh, this next, uh, I, I didn't have the privilege of meeting the bishop on my two journeys to Nigeria, so we met for the first time here. Uh, they uh, tell me that he is the leader of the group, uh, his most right reverend, the, the bishop. The next gentleman uh, to my left here is uh, next in, uh, in rank. He's been a pastor for quite some time in the Lutheran Church of Nigeria. Reverend Ebok Luke. 
and I had the privilege of meeting him and preaching on both of my trips to Nigeria in his congregation. And I remember in February of 2017 meeting him for the first time. He was so stoic, <laughs> serious, stern face, and I was really afraid of him. <laughs> that I was going to offend the uh, sensibilities of the pastor <laughs> by doing something out of place. And I was thinking about that last night, putting on the green chasuble, because I have a picture of the two of us, each in green chasubles, that first time that you gave to me with Father Wokama there. After coming to uh, uh, the second time and then interviewing him for the video, I realized this is a gentleman, very compassionate, and uh, it's such an honor to have gotten to know him better. And he, his thesis uh, was on infant baptism, and he may tell you a little bit more about that. But, Brother Ebok. Thanks very much, Father. In the first place, I give all the glory and thanks to God the Almighty, and then to the pastor of peace, our father. We will never cease to call him father. He is father, indeed a father, who cares and understands and shows concern to all who are close to him, especially to all of us who came from Nigeria. Just like he said, the first time we met was 2017, precisely in February. I was happy to have him preach in my congregation, and that was St. John's Lutheran Church. And then the second time he came, I think last year, and last year, right? I was at St. Luke. And so he also preached. We've been keeping this good relationship and I appreciate and will continually appreciate the kind of love, the kindness, concern that he has for all of us, and especially to me. When he came this other time in company of um, John and Andrew, right? My wife was pretty much happy to see the two um, sons, his two sons and himself and uh, since then we've been communicating whenever even when i arrived to the united states here we've been communicating whenever i speak with my wife i will be conveying your greetings to her and she does say and i want to let you understand that my studying here, my staying here this last one year has been a wonderful experience, a pretty wonderful experience. Indeed, a unique experience, so to say, to study at Concordia Theological um, Seminary in Fort Wayne. Throughout this one year, Father Benda has never forgotten about us. He has always been calling, either mailing us or call or texts or, you know, 
in one way or the other to show his special and unique concern he has for all of us and for the mission work in Nigeria. I told him, I don't know if he can still recall this, there was a time I told him that you have to know, Father, that your second home is the Lutheran Church of Nigeria. That's your second synod. Perhaps you must have forgotten. I still maintain that. That is the second synod after LCMS. The next is LCN, the Lutheran Church of Nigeria. I want to thank the wife of father, and I call her mother. Yeah, and she is a mother. Who cares just like the father does? And I appreciate all of you for your kindness, the way you receive us, the way you relate to all of us. You smile, you welcome all of us, you share every good gift with us in things spiritual and temporal. Your prayers and your wonderful gesture will always be evergreen in our memory. And fourth, when I appreciate the way we relate as students there, it doesn't mean where you come from does not really matter in Fort Wayne. From Africa, from United States, from United Kingdom, from India, wherever you come from, we share that good relationship there between students and students, students and the faculty, and indeed all of the staff of CTSFW. It's been a wonderful experience to study under the watch of those wonderful professors. They are not only doing the work of pastoral formation on the surface. They do it quite foundational. Um, why I say they do it foundationally or fundamentally is that they go right deep into the, the real life of humans, not just to um, teach what they have to teach because they are just professors there and teach and go away. No. But we have seen the real pastoral life, pastoral care, characteristically and behaviorally from all of the professors at CTSFW, just like we have here from our father here and the mother and the rest of you here. You have really been mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters to all of us. Thanks very much. And um, I would have forgotten, but before I forget, let me just mention to us here, I, I wrote my thesis on this title, Teaching the Biblical Foundation for the Practice of Infant Baptism in the Context of Nigeria. I actually had this in mind, um, I, I could say, 15 years ago, when I saw some things, you know, concerning this doctrine, because of the influence, due to the influence of uh, Pentecostalism, and uh, who have come to confuse even some of our members concerning the doctrine, the theology, and the practice of infant baptism. So I was moved to have a more scholarly research on this title, on this topic. So I want to thank God who has given the grace and the wisdom 
to be able to write on that. Um, I want to, I will have a way of sharing this with you perhaps through um, Father here. The thesis I wrote on is about a 137 page work. So I want to thank you once again for your care. Thank you for your time, for your attention, listening to me. God bless you. It, it, it is really important to acknowledge that um, what Bishop Willie talked about and also uh, Pastor Ebok Luke, the time of the COVID ended up being uh, a blessing for them uh, because these two were graciously housed by Randy and Pam Kirk uh, for two months. And you can imagine when English is not your first language, A, and then when you're our age, <laughs> the technology, I mean, I rely upon my sons and English is my first language. It's not their first language. And then the technology is new. So the time with Randy, who specializes in that, enabled them to do, as Bishop says, being able to, to, to write in his own and then it translates it out for him and, and uh, saves him so much. So uh, the tutoring that they received there while they were doing online education uh, from Fort Wayne was really tremendous. And so both uh, Pastor Luke and Bishop Willie were here for that two-month two period of time. The other three gentlemen were taken up in the Green Bay area. Uh, Embarrass, right? <laughs> Fitting given the pastor, Reverend Todd Jerry. <laughs> Should be Embarrass, Wisconsin. But he, he serves a triple point uh, parish up there. And they continued their studies there. They had internet access. But they're young and they're savvy at doing all of that. And uh, so they actually also got a little time to do some things like ice fishing, fishing and stuff like that. <laughs> I'll never forget uh, Reverend Elijah Sung bundled up in multiple layers of clothing those first days here in, uh, in the Midwest. So our next speaker, uh, the Reverend Elijah Song, was an instructor uh, in the high school and the chaplain of the high school, which is right next door to the seminary in Obed-Edom. And um, I experienced my first interaction with Father Wolkema when I was called upon to preach and celebrate at that chapel service the day after I arrived. And um, do you don't mind if I tell, you, tell this story, do you? <laughs> there was a little bit of a mix-up on which Old Testament reading was to be read. And he read a different Old Testament reading. And so I, when he came and sat down, the choir was singing, I asked him what readings were, was he to read? And then he realized he had read the wrong readings 
from what I was going to be preaching on. And so he reread the correct Old Testament reading. And then he experienced the wrath of Father Wokelar afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you do not do this. And uh, you make a mistake, you move on. So, and uh, on the one hand, on that occasion, I felt so badly for him. On the other hand, as I continued to observe during those first two weeks in Nigeria and the chapel services there, how important it was for Father Wokema, and for good reason, and the Archbishop supports him in this, of insisting that the way in which we conduct ourselves in the church's liturgy is important, and it deserves care, careful care and consideration. So I didn't have the privilege of having uh, Elijah in my class, but um, there's probably good reason for that because already in the, uh, one of the hymns that we sang uh, this morning, uh, hymn 675, you see a reference to him. Jerusalem, O city fair and high, your towers I yearn to see. My longing heart to you would fly, gladly fly. It will not stay with me. Elijah's chariot, take me above the lower skies. To heaven's bliss, awake me, released from earthly ties. Elijah's chariot, right here in the hymn. And here he is, Elijah. <laughs> I should say his topic his, is his field is church history, especially. So, thank you, Father Bender. Thank you, everyone. Um, I want to start by giving all gratitude to God for considering me worthy to have this sort of experience in both the academic and the adventure. It might interest you to know that uh, the Lutheran Church of Nigeria has not less than 750 pastors, ordained pastors, if memory serves. In other words, amongst these 750 pastors are very intelligent, very smart, and I would say very qualified people to have this sort of opportunity. But God considered me in the midst of many to have this opportunity to be trained for services in the church. And that is facilitated and enhanced through your support. I would want to comment that 
as much as I might be relatively young um, in the Lutheran Church of Nigeria, but I do know that we have not had in the history of LCN a time where five people are sent for training at the same time in the history of the LCN. So it is worth mentioning that you have, you have contributed significantly, not just for our training, but for establishing another epoch of history as far as theological education is concerned in the Lutheran Church of Nigeria. We have instances where individuals are one, and then we have never had this. So thank you for breaking the history of theological education in Nigeria and giving us another, another uh, epoch of uh, history. Um, coming to uh, the United States, I wouldn't fail to thank His Grace, the Archbishop of the Lutheran Church of Nigeria for consenting and enhancing our being here. And also want to thank uh, Father Mokoma, who in spite of all my weaknesses, would look beyond and still see that there is a potential. Perhaps I may not realize. He always tell me, you can do it. Even when he chastises, we know that that is for good. Thank you for making this happen. Coming to my experience in the United States has been very, uh, uh, very wonderful, very lovely, very interesting. We have opportunity of meeting people that we've never knew, we've never known meeting them for the very first time. And they have this unique way of understanding and accepting us. It started from here. Now, I, I can imagine one traveling from Wisconsin to wait for us at the airport in uh, Fort Wayne. On arrival, we met Father Bender, we met Reverend Jim Delkey, Dr. Masaki, all waiting for us. That was much of a stronger signal that we are very much welcome. And that had continued over time. Studying in America is very interesting. One good thing about it is that you have the time frame and it works according to time frame. Um, I wouldn't mind telling you that we have what is called strike in Nigeria. So there is a period where you might not have people in school because the lecturers are not really very happy 
so they go on strike. We have not experienced that here. Yeah. <laughs> but on the other hand, just like his lordship said, it was very uh, demanding as much as the course itself. Uh, 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 the course content would, would tell that it would be very demanding, but God has been very faithful and has been keeping us strong and we get uh, we sell through it. Uh, my area of studies is early church history. As much as you might know a little about what is going on in Nigeria, um, Christians in Nigeria are severely um, persecuted by various Islamic uh, insurgent groups. We have Boko Haram, and we have uh, the Fulani headsmen. And many Christians have taken, uh, 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 many Christians in Nigeria have made various attempts to approach this persecution in various ways. And then the question I ask myself is, what is the right way of approaching persecution as a Christian? Inherent in this question is the fact that persecution is an intrinsic part of a Christian life. The dimension of experience might differ depending on the context and the environment. For instance, while we in Nigeria might be experiencing some sort of elevated persecution where brutality and killing takes place, every Christian everywhere, including those in America, you, is also experiencing persecution. Take, for instance, where the government gets into making some policies that seems to undermine the fundamental tenet of Christianity. A pastor is forced against his biblical conviction and, uh, and doctrinal standpoint to wait gay or maybe support abortion. That in itself is persecution. But it takes a different dimension. Now for us in Nigeria, has is okay, a different one. What, in what ways do we approach this? as Christians, without undermining our, our identity as Christians and still maintaining um, who we are. That's what I attempted to answer in my thesis. And it took me a number of uh, pages to try to articulate this. And I would want this probably to be read by Nigerians who are seriously being persecuted. Even as much as we have situations where government tries to do things that seems to uh, compromise Christian uh, tenets and doctrine, especially when they form some uh, interfaith groups wanting Christians to talk about how they can coexist with the Muslims in such ways that at the end of the day, Christians are 
are not permitted to discuss certain things in public, especially where they have uh, Muslims. So it seems to be this um, technical way of pushing the Christians to oblivion. In any case, generally, the experience of studying here is a nice one. And I do know that your support had been not just for the fact that we are here, but in order that we might go back to hold on to the word of God in preaching and in practice. Our sincere prayer is that God would keep us faithful so that your joy might be complete. This joy, I would say, is not complete. For now, until that which, the very reason why you sent, you made all the contribution that we might study here, would be fulfilled as we go back to do the very thing that brought us here in the first place. Thank you very much indeed. I, <clears throat> I have not as yet had the opportunity to read uh, either Ebok or Elijah's theses, um, or, nor have I had the opportunity to sit down and talk with them. Just to let you know how this goes, um, the, the whole year has been intensive for each of them with classes and the demands. I mean, sometimes uh, it takes two years to complete an STM degree if you're working regularly on it. And they, they cram this into a year uh, knowing that there's limited amount of, of time, availability, and funds, and so forth. And um, to be quite honest with you, I asked myself more than once, is this going to be possible? And while I, I, I haven't had the opportunity to read or discuss with uh, Elijah and Ebok there, Theses I have with David and Kufre, and when you when you do an STM thesis at, or also like a PhD thesis, uh, you have what is called a defense, and that's where you have had three readers, uh, which includes your advisor and two others, and they have read over your thesis. You may have had interaction with them prior to the day of the defense of the thesis. And then they spend two hours or more grilling you with questions to make sure you have ownership of the material. And you can make an argument and you can address challenges. And uh, I was so delighted in the drive back from Fort Wayne with Kufre sitting next to me to hear him talk about uh, the question of free will in conjunction with Luther's Heidelberg Disputation and uh, the conclusions uh, that he made and his ability to articulate and his command of both the history and then most importantly the theological issues uh, of the day and the context and then applying that to his own situation in Nigeria. Similar experience the, uh, 
the uh, night before with uh, David and hearing about what his thesis was on, uh, particularly the righteous, unrighteous Abraham. Uh, and he was interested in the simul justus et peccator, which is a Latin phrase, justus, justified, at the same time justified, and also et peccator, a sinner. So how can you be righteous and a sinner simultaneously? And uh, he addressed this uh, question doing thoroughgoing research on what other exegetes have said about this, and he focused on Abraham, as I said. And uh, again, his command of the material is outstanding, and also uh, his translation, uh, uh, Genesis uh, 15, was particularly uh, excellent and correct in my view. Um, I should say that um, all of these men had to study, you know, I said English isn't their main language. They had to pass Greek uh, proficiency examination. In David's case, uh, also Hebrew, because that is going to be his uh, area. So there's going to be proficiency in, in dealing with the Hebrew. Uh, most of them also had to do uh, German and also Latin. So uh, to study those languages, now admittedly, they were introduced to these languages before coming, particularly Greek and, and then also Hebrew. Uh, but uh, so much of that had to be shored up and shored up to actually pass uh, entrance exams. And so I asked myself the question, is it possible? And I was uh, just thrilled with listening uh, to them talk about their theses. And they were not just awarded an honorary STM degree. They earned it. And uh, so our next, our next pastor, and you remember uh, Reverend Elijah Song and David Ukpong and Kufre Abbasia Tim were ordained here uh, last January. And uh, we had a great celebration, saw all of these pictures the other night that, uh, in Kufre's file on the ordination. And um, that was such a joyous day. And I was, uh, I was glad to be able to have preached for your ordination. And then, while I couldn't come for your graduation from the seminary, I was able to preach for your uh, graduation from the STM. So Father Wolkema was so thrilled and joyous. I said last night, it was almost as if he was having a Pentecostal ecstatic <laughs> experience. Not that he would ever get emotional, but uh, <laughs> so uh, the, the memory I have of David and Kufre were my students for a brief time. Uh, we did uh, theology of, uh, of Lutheran worship and its practice. And I remember uh, fondly David saying, when you teach and you lecture, you don't just read out of a book. You have ownership of this material and a passion for it. And I saw that in you for what you did. Reverend David Uckpong. Good morning, everyone. I'd like to summarize what I would call my appreciation to God and to you all with a hymn I have come to be, uh, to fall in love with, hymn 798. It's uh, the God of Abraham praise. 
particularly stanza three. I won't sing it, I'll just read the words. The God of Abraham prays, whose all-sufficient grace shall guide me all my pilgrim days. In all my ways, he deigns to call me friend. He calls himself my God, and he shall save me to the end through Jesus' blood. That's like a summary of my thesis. Uh, I'd like to say thank you, but that has been said by uh, the rest of the colleague in a very wonderful way. So I don't want to repeat any of what they've said, but I have experienced what I have never experienced before in my whole life being here. There have been a lot of first times in the course of being here, and that in a large extent is because of the beautiful love, care, support that has streamed out of this congregation from all of you. So thank you, and may God continue to bless you more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. As um, Father Bender has already said, my thesis basically did not just begin by when I got here. My undergraduate seminary work was on Simulius Epicard, so understanding the Christian life as saint and sinner. In that uh, project I wrote, the emphasis was on Paul, Romans, Galatians. But everyone who made the argument against the doctrine or the concept of Simulius Epicard saw it as a Pauline invention a New Testament idea. So my interest in the Old Testament was to show that this was not entirely a Pauline novel idea, but he was actually teaching from scripture he, as a Jew, previously had been used to. So going all the way back to Genesis, we know of two men, Noah and Abraham, Noah is considered an upright man before God. Abraham is reckoned righteous. But then we also know of Noah, what happened with wine and so on. We also know of Abraham, the lies he told about the wife and so on. So the problem I had with all of this was, how can someone who is reckoned righteous be seen to commit sin. There are so many publications that have been written, and a, a particular commentary that Professor Briel brought to Nigeria tried to whitewash Abraham to make it appear that he was not actually lying when he said Sarah was a sister. Half truth, yes. But the essence of saying that was not just to tell them that this was the sister, but was trying to cover up and derive whatever benefit will come from whoever will take the wife to his house. So how can the father of faith be seen to be unrighteous? So connecting all of this together, my intention in my thesis was to understand how the father of faith, who lapsed sometimes into sin, would have been reckoned righteous. 
Of course, the emphasis is usually that he obeyed the call of God. He also obeyed and was willing to sacrifice his son. But that is Genesis 12 and Genesis 22. But in Genesis 15, he is reckoned righteous. So my intention was to connect the whole life of Abraham with what Paul talks about in Genesis and what we as the church continue to teach as regards righteousness. How are we justified before God? Is it because of obedience? If that was the case, none of us would be. But because it is a gift that God has given, that is basically what my thesis was about. So to conclude, I'd like to say once again, thank you. It's been a very wonderful journey. And I'm very happy to have been introduced to you. And you have shown so much love, your prayers, and the support continues. Thank you, and thank you very much. This is the youngest man. <laughs> and the youngest man ever to uh, be, ordained. be ordained in the Lutheran Church of Nigeria at the age of 12, is it? <laughs> you add another 12. Okay. And one. 23. No. 24. No. 25. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. 12 and 12 is 24, plus 1 is 25. Okay, good. I've got it. My wife is holding her head in embarrassment. <laughs> no. uh, David and Kufre, Abasi. Kufre means don't forget, and Abasi, God. So don't forget God. And we learned yesterday, I had no idea that that name can be used. We have names in the United States can be used by men and women. And so can Kufre Abasi. Don't forget God. Now we shorten it up. We We'll call him Kufre and not add the Abbasi. But I then also alter it. Kufre, Father Bender. <laughs> Don't forget Father Bender. And, and they haven't. And um, in, the, in the class on Lutheran worship that we had, I think there were nine in our class. Is that right? Yeah. And I had them all go around and say their names. And um, David, okay, David, I could, I've got that. And then we have uh, John, John, I've got that. And Clement, I've got that. And... Uh, Christopher, I've got that. And then it came, so I said, Mephibosheth. And then they all laughed. They thought that was a great, uh, great thing. Talk to us. Hello, everyone. Um, I want to assure you that uh, don't be scared of my height. I will keep my speech very small. <laughs> I want to thank God for um, giving me this opportunity. As, as you've heard before, I'm the youngest. And just like Pastor Elijah had said, and I, I think he took that line from, I was thinking of what to say in my head, and I think he took that line, so I will reemphasize it. That... Um, we have a lot of pastors in Nigeria who are qualified for this and who are smart and could handle Latin, German, if given the opportunity and the materials and the guardians. 
they can handle it perfectly. So, and um, considering myself as the youngest and seeing everything that has happened to me in 12 months, it's extraordinary. In Nigeria, a lot of people say wow to what has happened to me in particular. So I give God the thanks for that. And I give you and Pastor Bender the thanks for all the care and support. I know the number of German textbooks I have gotten from Wisconsin. <laughs> I also know the number of other textbooks I've gotten from Wisconsin. And I remember on my ordination day, I was technically crying because it doesn't happen. Um, it, I didn't see myself in these shoes two years ago. I didn't believe that I would be uh, an expert in systematic theology two years ago. I did not believe that I will know the basics of German two years ago. But um, to cut it short, I had very much elaborate interest in the studies of the Lutheran confessions um, and also uh, expunging heresy. So um, I started with a paper on uh, um, expunging the heresy of the uh, Masonist group while in Nigeria. And when I came here, I was thinking about it since the winter quarter and with Dr. Masaki, he was actually scared for me that I, I was studying for a German exam, but I chose a thesis that was Latin. And he, was, he called me to his office one day and asked me, are you sure this is the right time? This week is the right time for you to change this topic. And I want to thank him because he showed me all the support, gave me all the materials and the materials I got from Wisconsin. And then I was able to write a thesis on the Heidelberg, Luther's Heidelberg Disputation, which was Luther's first scholarly disputation presented to his Augustinian brothers in 1518. It was in the spring that he did this, around April. And it was also in the spring together sitting in Pastor Jerebek's cabin, that I figured this out. Pastor Elijah was there. And it was also in the spring. And I, I was, okay, we have a lot of works written on um, the Heidelberg Disputation already. We have Gerhard Ford, who has um, done a wonderful job on the Theologia Crucis, that is Thesis 19 to 24. Everyone goes to the Heidelberg Disputation of 1518 for this theology of the cross, theologian of the cross. But little is mentioned about the earlier thesis or maybe the philosophical thesis that come after. Why is that? And that was the question I had in my mind. And I got to discover that there was a problem with the doctrine of free will as confessed in the Heidelberg Disputation of 1518. And which makes it difficult for many scholars to go back there. But I didn't see it as a way of exposing Luther's errors. <laughs> I saw it as a way of 
bringing up these errors again, which also was unarguably what we are going through in Nigeria with the Pentecostals, as Reverend Luke talked about before, and the idea of synergism. So trying to differentiate justification, which was his paper, with sanctification was really, really an important job for me to navigate my way through free will. So it was uh, a successful paper and was defended very well. And I thank you for all of that. So um, just like the bishop said, it's really cold in the United States. <laughs> but I also thank you for the warm clothes. Uh, you clothed us. And yesterday, uh, I, we were debating on who's supposed to go outside. We played American soccer, football yesterday in his house. And yeah. <laughs> and one of my fears was that I don't want to go out because of the cold. And he brought me, a, uh, the first time you brought mailman suit, and I wore it. <laughs> and then he also gave me a sweater, which was very fitting. I, 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 I will beg you that I'm going to take that sweater home. <laughs> so um, for, uh, the United States, Fort Wayne, and I, I think Wisconsin is colder than Fort Wayne. Yes, so whenever I come to Wisconsin, I bring my gloves <laughs> because it's colder. But I, I thank you for all you've done. When I came to um, Sussex the first time, I had headaches because um, my, the glasses I was with the first time did not work so well. So you, through um, the doctors you have here, I was examined and I, I, I was seen to have the wrong prescription. And I was given a new one, which has, has a very good weight and has balanced very well. And so the success of my thesis is owed to this glass. Thank you very much. <laughs> so that is it. Thank you very much. God bless you. I, I also bring greetings from the Archbishop uh, Christian Ekong, who is extremely uh, overwhelmed with the uh, support, the generosity, the prayers, the monetary gifts uh, from the congregation. Uh, you'll be happy to know that the uh, security wall was uh, rebuilt uh, due to uh, generous uh, donors from our own congregation, as well as uh, faculty uh, offices and a restroom which is very important when you're a visitor from out of town and then you come and you, uh, sometimes the food doesn't always agree with you and uh, uh, Kufre had to uh, take me all the way back to Father Wolkema's house so I could use the restroom that first year. Uh, now there'll be one uh, readily at hand on campus. What a way to finish a Bible class. <laughs> but, uh, uh, the, the, the library, the technological support that will be there, uh, Randy, with a little bit of assistance and knowing the lay of the land there from John and Andrew Bender, uh, having visited there, was able to help with that. So can I ask that you just uh, stand and we will uh, close with the singing of the common doxology. We can do that from memory, Kathy. And then uh, also uh, we'll just have a few pictures up here uh, 
So, gentlemen, just stay, okay? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, all the heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.